Coming up on the Real Ones Reserve podcast, I'll be joined by my boy Lamar Sales, who is a combat veteran and former major in the United States Army. Let's get it. Let's go. Whoa, now, it's your boy, MD the Veteran, and welcome to the Real Ones Reserve podcast, where we talk about real things that need to be talked about. Disclaimer. I'm not a licensed psychologist, therapist, psychiatrist, counselor, or any type of behavioral health expert. These are only my thoughts and ideas. With that being said, if you care to listen, do so with an open mind. Let's go. Yo, what's poppin' everybody? It's your boy. It's your host, MD the Veteran of the Real Ones Reserve Podcast. Thank y'all for joining me again. Thank y'all for joining the tribe again. Uh, back on the show. I'm a little rusty. I've been off for a couple of days. Y'all don't get mad at me. But guess what? We bringing that heat today. I got one of my homies, Mr. Lamar Sales, who's about to join us here in a few minutes. But before we get into the show, make sure y'all like, share, subscribe to the show. Please. Y'all know everything about the algorithm now. So <laughs> make sure y'all take the necessary step. Uh, steps to help the show grow you know what i'm saying so without further ado let's get our conversation with lamar underway yo what is up my g what's going on man cooling man cooling you ready to do this thing yep yeah let's do it then let's do it so hey bro um welcome to the show man Hey, what I want to do first, just to, uh, you know, give somebody, uh, give everybody some insight on you. Um, I want to ask, where are you from? And, you know, let us know, um, you know, a little bit of your past, uh, a bit of your current goals and future goals. Kind of like when you were going to promotion board, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I just looked about me on Lamar Sales. I'm from, originally from Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, growing up, there were two things that were very important to me. One was outdoors. Right. And right. second one was sports. And second one was sports. And those things kind of those things were the baseline that led me to who I am now. Um in high school I played everything. Football, basketball, baseball, track, did very, very well. Come on. And also <laughs> I was a I was in Boy Scouts, right? And so I was a part of an all black troop that's from Mount Ryan Baptist Church. And we were the first, you know, all black troop that had, you know, end up forty-five to fifty Eagle Scouts. So I'm an Eagle Wow. Scout, so. That's fire, bro. I didn't know that. <laughs> So that's big, right? And so, right. Um, you know, whitewater rafting, camping, hiking, all that kind of stuff. And I grew, I did that at a young age, and that that drove that drove me to to later on and being excited and traveling. Um, a little bit growing up, I have a twin sister and I have an older sister. Uh, my dad was retired Navy and worked at the post office doing the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was recently retired, forty something years, as a head nurse for the you know, Naval Weapons Station in Charleston. So, wow. even though we're a military family, we never moved. And so, right. one thing my dad was about was family first. So, mm-hmm. my dad would jump from ship to ship in the Charleston port, which would allow us to stay in the same place. So, right. um, as some people are military brats, I don't really know what that means. We were a military family, but I never had to move around. Right, right. Um, no, and that's a blessing. That's a huge blessing. It, it was. It was. And it, and it showed at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about how much money you make, it's about the stability of your family. And, and, and I, I tip my hat to my father, who's mm. for showing that value indirectly, because he didn't show it directly. Right. And, and right. <laughs> that's something I had to learn that he did. Uh-huh. And um and that just comes with maturity. Um so 
Man, I got a few football scholarships and uh, went to the Citadel. Hey. Yeah, did very well there. Um, 9-11 was my junior year. I watched the Twin Towers fall. No way. And um, Yep, and if I saw it live, right? It affected me. And from there, I went in. Um, I commissioned the United States Air Force. Um, because I played football, I couldn't go to any of the, the scouting and the ranger schools or uh-huh. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I had to wait till after my commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to officer school, and I got famous grad out of 450 officers. Wow. Um, and so... Yeah, to me, I ran just like how it ran. I was a, I was a defensive captain of the football team. I ran just like that. Do your job, know your job, know your next person's job. And so they did well. Um, spent three years in the Air Force, right? And mm-hmm. I was a mortuary repairs and search and recovery team chief for the Midwest of the United States. Holy cow. Um, so what does that mean? Mm-hmm. When it goes down, I go in. Someone passed away, I go in. Someone gets killed, I go in. Katrina wow. hits, I went in. Oh, I my God. In, so um, seven hours after Katrina hit, um, me and my team and myself were in Biloxi, Mississippi, doing emergency feedback, emergency uh, just search and recovery. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we did that for 18 days. And so there's not much I haven't seen. But wow. um, me being the Citadel, me being a leader, and uh, me being wanting to be a combat guy coming in, the Air Force didn't provide that. Wow. And so three years after being Air Force and the officer, winning company grade officer of the quarter, in three years, come seven on. times. Come on now. Winning, winning comprehensive officer for the for the wing. Um, I asked I asked my lieutenant colonel would he allow me to or help me transfer to the army. Uh-huh. And most people were like, well, why would an Air Force guy transfer <laughs> to the army? Yeah. Um, because another, I wasn't an Air Force guy. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I get that from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a soldier, and and so I decided that, and they thought it was crazy, but they all understood <laughs> my process. And Kearns understood my drive. And so they commissioned me. They helped me transfer and commissioned me into the Army. Right, right. That's pretty awesome, man. That says a lot about you. It was exciting. There was a war to fight, right? And I wanted to be on that ground, like in the movie The Glory, right? With with Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman, you know? Yeah. And it was coming to that point where I loved the 54th, right? And I was ready to fight. Right. I was ready to lead people who wanted to fight. Right, right. The Air Force fought. Air Force fought just differently. Um, so, transferred to the Army. I was a lieutenant in the Captain Career Course, which was very difficult because most people see the captains. Uh-huh. Oftentimes, the Army officers, captains, would try to treat me differently because I was an Air Force young lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> right. They thought I deserved to be in that course, and so. But one part of the course that six months course was the combatives course, uh-huh. which they taught us how to fight. Right. And me being a fighter my entire life, I knew how to fight, mm. the techniques of it. And so I would tell you those who um, use their rank at inappropriate times were mm. punished um, in that tournament. And so um, that's great. Not to, go too detail, not to go too detail, but there's a few officers that I could have pinned. And right before they tapped, I let them go. And I wanted to let them know that I was able to control them at any time. Yes, sir. And so I, I would get him in a choke move, and right before he tapped, I would totally just let him go. <laughs> they almost saw the, uh, the, the, uh, like their shot group getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was letting them know that what they were doing, becoming a doctor, treating someone differently, telling someone you need to go get my paper and this. And I said, well, I don't get your paper, but I'm going to make you tap. And so uh, <laughs> that, that did well. Um, and I got stationed at Fort Raleigh. And so, mm. um, story short, you know, I, I worked at the brigade level and I was responsible for every single supply that came into all of Iraq. And so I earned my first bronze star. 
um, for support. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Tried to get out of the military. <laughs> tried to get out. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the army says, hey, your your qualifications and, and your characteristics are still needed. So I got stop loss. Mm. There were commands coming up. And, you know, I didn't want to take a command. And the brigade commander asked me why didn't I interview. I told him I don't want to take it. And he kicked me out of his office and said, you need to make a decision by tomorrow. Um, came wow. back in the next day and I said, hey, I won the 24 Transportation Company command. And he goes, that's the hardest command. And they said, Ooh-wee. And so uh, at that time, there was 375 soldiers. And mm-hmm. to be a company commander with that much, it was a maintenance platoon, which is a head. Mm. Heavy, heavy equipment trailer. Boy. We had four, four platoons and I had a maintenance, right? So it was a huge, a huge company. Holy shit. I, I came in right away and told everybody, so look, I don't care what you've done before. I don't care what you're doing before. <laughs> Everyone has, it, has 100% with me. Um, quickly in the first four months, um, I was able to remove 20% of the, the, the soldiers in that company who didn't, who didn't meet the army standards. Wow. Get them out of here. Is, I was able to get out of it, get them out of it and said, Hey, look, man, you can work somewhere else. You can work, you can work anywhere in the world. You just can't work here. And this right. is just one job that you can do. And I was very committed to the values of what the army stood for. Right. Um, and, and very quickly, uh, after taking that command, being here for three months, um, I always, uh, President Barack Obama came on and he did a, he did a state of the union and he uh-huh. said that we're going to change, we're going to change how we support Afghanistan. Mm. And what does that mean for a heavy transportation company? Mm-hmm. That means, hey, we're going. So I was going for 15 months, came back for three, got a command, and now I'm, 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 I'm on the tarmac ready to prepare. Wow. Wow. Very difficult when I saw that. Uh, one of the most ch- challenging and changing moments of my military career. Um, my battalion commander called me into the office. Mm-hmm. He, he said, "He said, uh, you know, time count sales. You know, with my first sergeant, sergeant, um, uh, first sergeant Mark Van der Wilstein, and he says he knew I was a military first guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hard as job, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, um, Lamar, don't expect to bring all your soldiers home alive. Ooh." Looking in my face. That's that's deep, bro. And he also said that your company is not going to go with the brigade or the battalion. You're going to go, you know, offset um, to support. We're going to Kuwait. Y'all going to Kandahar. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he had, he had any questions. And I said, I, I don't. I saluted and I walked out. Mm. Immediately we got downstairs. I told my first sergeant, do 100% recall everybody. Uh-huh. And I had a formation with my whole entire company. And it wasn't one of your normal formations. It's a private formation. And I told everybody at ease. And I told everybody to get around the flag and come close. Right. And I told my entire company exactly what the colonel had told me. I think you handled that the best way you could, bro. Just put it out there from the get-go. Just put it, just put it out there. And I told him, said, the colonel told me, it's my job to pick which one of y'all did not come back. Ooh. He said that everyone don't expect everyone to come back. So it's my job to pick is it, going, is it going to be you, Sergeant Jones? Damn. Be you, Specialist Watson? Mm. Be you, Lieutenant Matthews? I said, guys, let me tell you something. Someone doesn't come back off this mission, that person will be me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I accept. I accepted this guide on. I accept the responsibility. Wow. My first. My first order for everyone is to go home mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the motor pool is unlocked. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there's tools not in the tool shed. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care if the reports are done. Go home. Mm. I want you to call your parents if you're single. I want you to kiss your wife if you're married. I want you to talk to your significant other. I want you to hug your kids. I want you to pull your kids out of school and take them to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Man, that's, that's huge of you as a leader, you know? Right. This is important. Mm-hmm. I told them, tomorrow at 530, I want you in your Kevlar vest. Come on. And because tomorrow at 0530, we're going to train. Because it's my job to determine who's not coming home alive. So we're going to train like we're training for the, the NFL combine. Get them ready. And so the very next morning, mm-hmm. um, my whole company showed up, which they have to. And I said, hey, if anyone in here does not want to train or does not feel comfortable going to Afghanistan, step out of formation. You will not be looked upon as a sourpuss. Right. I've, I've, I've got approval from the command sergeant major to transfer you to HRC. Say you don't feel like you're gonna, you know, complete the mission. Get up out of here. Don't need no doubt. No one one stepped out of formation. Come on, rock solid. From there, we trained. We were running down the street in the middle of Fort Riley, and I would yell, "Incoming!" I would have to dive on the ground. We were were, were, were just over and over. Come on, bro. And you would see us carrying people up and down. Um, a couple, like a month later, I was in a battalion commander's meeting with the brigade commander and the brigade commander, but all the, all the company commanders and the officers and staff, uh-huh. the brigade commander said, there was a company at three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> running down memory lane. Come on, man. <laughs> and, and he says, who was doing that? <laughs> in front of everybody. Uh-huh. And I said, I was there. Uh-huh. He goes, why are you PTing at three o'clock? I said, well, we're in a safety meeting in the auditorium and about war in Afghanistan and half my soldiers were falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I woke that ass up. <laughs> I said, because sir, where we're going, you need to be trained. And mm. safety was a life saving skills. And so I woke them up. Mm. And we trained. Come on. The colonel looked at me and everybody else in that room looked like, oh, crap, he's about to lay down the law. <laughs> uh-huh. Long story short, I was rated the number one commander, company commander in the brigade. Fucking right. That's dope as hell, bro. We were trained, ready to go. Come on, bro. Long, long story short with the deployment, mm-hmm. I had a successful deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, we did over 512,000 miles mm-hmm. with, one or, with less than 4% of the safety incident. Um, we won the safety excellence award. Hey, um, not easy, not easy. Mm-mm. We were the most successful company. Wow, uh, we were the most tight company. That's dope. And and I'll tell I'll tell you the most. I guess uh, the the best thing I've ever done in my life in my career mm-hmm. is at the end of the day I deployed with 175 soldiers. Mm-hmm. I returned with 175 soldiers. Wow, man! Everybody coming home. So, Everybody came home. Mm-hmm. Um, we did over 400 missions, 512,000 miles. Shit. I still return everybody home. Shit. So um, that's the most, you know. That's uh, amazing, bro. Thing that we, that's, yeah. And so that, mm-hmm. that's an honor, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I was, I've been out 10 years now because, you know, a lot of us got hurt, all right? But we turn home to our families. Right. And what I see is uh, generational growth. Now some of my soldiers have sons and daughters, right? right? And and so that generation carries on. Um, I'm still talking to my soldiers, doing their VA claims, helping. Come on. 
Um, it's 10 years ago, but I still have what I call is my I Love Me book and my War book. Right. So I, I have the mission numbers. Squared right? away. <laughs> I have the mission numbers. I had it up when I was a commander. So I can write to the VA and say it's not former commander. Mm-hmm. A commander during this period mm. and give that mission number so um, I really can help still support because what you're going to learn and you know I know as you transition on the military now what you're going to learn is the, the, the saying we don't leave a soldier behind is not just about war right right it's, and it's just not about being in the military it's about not leaving a soldier behind on all aspects of their life mm. so um, and at times that could be very rewarding and sometimes that could be a pain in the butt, huh? <laughs> it, it can, but it's always re- rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's like when a soldier comes to me and now he has a family and now he's 100% disabled and he's mm-hmm. got this and you know that you had a part in that, you're mm-hmm. giving that soldier time. And I'm like, you know what? When you go to Disney World, take a picture for me and send it to me. Mm-hmm. I want to see the smile on your face. I want to see the oh, smile yeah. on your kid's face. That's, that's the rewarding part. When you buy that when you buy that Mustang or when you buy <laughs> your first house, right? So uh-huh. Picture of that. Uh-huh. You know, doing good. Hey, I, I want to see you doing good because you know, when you're on that turret in Afghanistan, Bruh. I asked you to do something that was memorable. Yeah. Right? Right. You saved my life and you saved others and I'm going to return that favor for the rest. I, I'm indebted to my soldiers to support them not only as their commander but as their friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely, man. I've seen some amazing uh, relationships, you know, built in the military and carried on outside of the military, uh, which, you know, in my life, you know, those are some of the strongest uh, relationships. Like, man, I met you, what, a year ago? And I'm like, shit, you my brother now. Like, and, you know, in the military, we kind of form a different bond, you know? Yeah, we do, right? It, it, it's 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 more than a business relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's 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 a it's a band of brothers, right? And yeah, a band of sisters, right? Right. We always gonna make sure we got some we have some great female uh, counterparts and stuff too. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So thank you for telling us about yourself, man. I know you had a lot of experience and your upbringing and your you know um, college days and. You know, throughout the military, man, I know you're full of wisdom and have different experiences. Um, but um, one thing I, I know that uh, you kind of struggle with at times can be your mental health, which, you know, hey, you've been through a lot in the military, man. So some of those things, unfortunately, you know, won't go away, but you learn how to cope with those things, man. So I wanted to just ask you, like, what do you do to... uh like keep yourself sharp, keep yourself thinking right, um, feeling right, and uh, you know, being a good member of the community. Well, I can say one of the the first thing I do is, um, you know, it's like that Michael Jackson song, "The Man in the Mirror." Mm, come on, I, I don't necessarily concern myself with other people's opinion of me because my opinion is the hardest one. Um, yes. When I yes. work out, if, if I can't do that rep, I'm not relying on someone to say go, go, go. I'm relying on myself to hey, do the rep. Right. So what I do was, man, oftentimes, man, like I'll stare at myself in the mirror and I'll hold myself accountable. Mm. I look at myself as I'm talking to myself. And, you know, and there's times where I'm emotional where tears may fall down my face. That's real. And I look at myself and say, you should be ashamed because tears are supposed to cool down the emotion that you have right. in your body. 
Right. And once I'm happy with myself, I approve of myself, then no one else can take that. Ooh. So it's, it's a very, and I know it's very hard. It's That's real, dog. That's and, not easy. But it, no, it's not. Um, but when you've been through some of the things I have, right, you know, my PTS journey has not been easy, right? Mm-hmm. And coming back from war three or four years later, you know, it hasn't been. But what, what I have done is I have told myself that I'm a warrior. Yes, sir. And, that you and are. Warriors have, and, and the warriors have to fight not only during the war, they have to fight after the war. Come on. Um, talk that talk. A man, a man who sees the world at 40 sees, and also saw it the world the same way at 25 has never learned anything. Ooh. And, and so that's, 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 that's the principle. And I can tell you it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, you know, I have triggers. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what I learned to do now is I learned to manage the triggers. And, and and that's through one is uh, faith. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a great supporting spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great supporting friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I also put myself in situations that are favorable to myself. Mm. Um, that's that's know, definitely some wisdom there, you know? It is. And, and, and if there's military people who listen to this, I would, I would say this. Like, if you get back down in uniform, don't back down now. What that means is Address the issue, soldier. Go behind. Go behind the tool shed and talk to yourself. Ooh, right? you know, that good talk. Those, those little things, man. You can hold. You know, you can make yourself stand out of attention. You Bruh. can make yourself a parade rest. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, as you would tell one of your soldiers, "Hey, soldier, I'm trying to make you better." Come on, dog. Listen to me. Tell yourself that, man. Hey, a lot of times, I've seen those go really well, man. Pulling people to the side and be like, just. Give them an honest, you know, ass chewing. It's because, like, I want you to be better, and a lot of times they'll shine, you know, afterwards. They will. Mm-hmm. They will. You know, everything's about accountability, right? And, mm. and when I play college football, my coach said something that was just admirable. He goes, "Those who cheat in practice, cheat in the game, cheat in life, cheat in everything they do." God damn, that's that's slices, bro. That's like. Right. I just saw cuts when you said that. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and we think in my mind, I'm like, well, I just didn't run that one sprint hard. Mm. And, and what he's saying is, you learn to not do something the right way, you're going to continue that pattern. So I'm going to bust that ass so you don't understand how to do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and so um, that, that's one of the honorable things I learned. And this is the thing my coach also said, never understood. He was like, he always said 88 out the gate. All right. If you ain't crazy, Wow, man. Well, thank you so much, bro, for uh, giving us that wisdom, man. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, I definitely, you know, look up to you like a big bro, man. I appreciate who you are in life. I appreciate your your wise words, man, and uh, thank you for your time, bro. Oh, for sure, man. And I, I tell everybody who listening, like, I mean, this is how we this is how we stay together and how we connect, right? We're probably not the generation that goes to the DFW, right? <laughs> but we're the we're the generation who needs the support as if we were at the DFW. Right? Ooh, so, come on, we need to lean we need to lean on each other. Um, we need to reminisce. Um, we need to understand because if you look at it, and I'll close with this, less than 1% going to the military. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Afghanistan and Iraq war is about 12 years are really, really hard. Right. And right. so if you went in 
He went in in 2002 to 2022. 20 years, that's the same group of people who deployed. So we're less than 1% of the 1% who actually went in. So we're actually a small breed of folks. Wow. And so when you see another military person, retired vet, and whatever, acknowledge that person. Mm. Look at them and say, what's up? Acknowledge them. Right, you see one of those old head with that sergeant hat on. Hey, hey. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. the person that you respect because they're going to give it back to you, and 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 it's it's the, it's the Lion King, it's the circle of life. Right? Mm. So, uh, bro, I tell you, Malcolm, I know not you were one officer. You're always going to get one officer. Always, bro. No matter, no matter what, your tombstone may say one officer. Always, right? bro. You know, you know, my my tombstone's going to say, you know, this is what I've done. <laughs> this is the impact I have. So right. the last thing I'll say this, mm-hmm. and I'll close with this. A man is not measured by the impact he has, a man is measured by the impact that he leaves. Wow. No, I feel that. I feel that conviction, bro. And I appreciate you so much, bro. And thank you again for those wise words, man. And uh have a great day, bro. You as well, man. You as well. All right, bro. Be easy, man. Thanks for uh joining All right. us. All right, later. Thank you. Later. Wrapping up today's show, I hope you guys enjoyed my special guest, my boy Lamar. Um, hopefully you took in a lot of the wisdom that he shared with you on today. Um, I hope you would like, share, subscribe the show and tell others about the show. This is the Real Ones Reserve podcast where we're optimistic but realistic. Again, we're optimistic but realistic, meaning we don't do bullshit over here.